0: So it was fascinating to me that Ms. Mitchell believed in something that I didn't even see or believe that I could accomplish that type of goal. And to have someone see gifts in you, to see talent in you, and then be willing to invest in that is very powerful for any young person, regardless if they were in foster care or not. is the foster movement podcast helping you work with others to provide more than enough for kids and families in foster care where you live here are your hosts jason weber and diego fuller
1: hey this is jason weber welcome to the foster movement podcast i'm here again with diego fuller
2: yo what's up jason how you doing today i'm great how are you diego i'm blessed and highly favored. i'm good
1: i'm good good you're yes, looking sir. good today hey, you're looking better <laughs> <laughs> hey so Diego I know you know you're obviously you're a rap artist a yes. creative guy
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, when you were young was there somebody uh,
2: that spoke that vision into you that sort of encouraged that gift in you right most definitely I, I, it was a lot of people I think that spoke into to me um, but Jason before I was a, a rap artist I was a preacher first. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was. I was a preacher man, and uh, and I know um, my my dad, my uh, my foster dad, my uh, Bishop Blake. He used to always tell me that uh, I was gonna be a preacher, you know. And so I guess it was just something that he he seen on the inside of me uh, because the way I was with other boys in the house, the way I was with some of the youth at the church, and uh, just I was always sitting in the front, and they were sitting in the back, you know. So he would just always say that man, I'm I'm something special. I'm gonna be a preacher. He'd tell I was really special. So one day I decided with my little funny self that I was going to imitate him. And so the way he preached, he'd be preaching, and Jesus said, ah, and yes, Lord, ah, and pointing his finger. So one day I went into his room. Actually, it was, it was a Wednesday night right after church. I went into his room, and I was just in there. I said, Pops, and he was like, what's up? And I was like, uh, and Jesus said, ah, and uh, I got in the mirror, and I started imitating what he was doing. And so he looked at me. He said, all right, D.A., you get playing like that. You're going to end up preaching like that one day. And so uh, kid you not, the first time I preached my first my first ever message, I ended up preaching just just how i was how i seen him preach and imitating him and i just thought that was hilarious and so but he spoke in but he spoke into my life um on, on what i was going to be and uh and he nailed it i love being a preacher
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: so he saw something in you that you didn't necessarily see in yourself at the time most definitely yes wow yes. wow yes i never thought i'd be this preacher guy
1: <laughs> yeah 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 that's amazing. Well, I think that's true for so many people in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's such an important role that somebody can play, particularly for kids. Right. In foster care. Oh, yes. Who's maybe never had someone speak into their life uh, that kind of hope. Because isn't that what it's really all about, right? Right. Most definitely. It's giving Most definitely. kids a, a hope and a giving vision. Giving them hope. Yeah. So that's what today's podcast is all about. We're going to hear from uh, Crystal Williams, uh, who is this amazing woman who uh, is using her life now on behalf of other kids uh, in families in a variety of ways. Uh, but she talks about those who spoke vision and hope into her life. So let's hear from Crystal Williams. Hello, Crystal. How are you?
0: Hi, I'm good. How are you?
1: Thank you so much for being with us. So, Crystal, tell us a little bit about um, some memories that you have uh, prior to coming into foster care.
0: Absolutely. Um, I definitely appreciate the experiences that I had in in foster care, which I think sometimes people are surprised to hear that because you hear a lot of tragedy. You hear a lot of horror stories about foster care and all of that is true, but I actually have a lot of memories of being connected to supportive adults, having people mentor me and support me in my gifts and talents. I definitely had experiences as I was going throughout high school, just trying to figure out what it is that I was good at. Like, what is my niche? What's the thing that I want to get involved in. And I remember trying out different sports. I tried basketball, and basketball was big for my family. Realized quickly that wasn't my thing. (laughs) Um, I tried tennis because they had really cute, like short skirts that I wanted to wear. My dad wasn't too happy about that. Um, And they didn't get skirts the year I played, but I tried it out at least. And that wasn't my thing per se. And um, and then I started to get into the arts. So I tried um, oratory. So I entered into an oratorical contest and realized, wow, like I totally like to talk like a lot, and um, and there's a way you can do that and it's productive. And so I got involved and I won some contests at my school for oratory, and then started to speak my poetry and and sharing that way. And throughout that entire journey of kind of stumbling around and, you know, recognizing gifts and trying to figure out what I'm good at, I had people there to kind of support me and encourage me on. And I've heard stories of people saying, Oh, everybody told me that well, people told me I was never gonna make it, I was gonna fail. I have the opposite story. Like a lot of people in my life told me that I could make it and I can do whatever I put my mind to. And so that type of encouragement definitely has impacted me um, even beyond foster care.
1: So Crystal, you mentioned your interest in poetry. And I know that that interest came, it started at a really young age. Mm -hmm. And when you were around six, you wrote a poem. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that with us?
0: Oh, yeah, I'll definitely share. So that my navigation of poetry and, and speaking and kind of trying to express myself was something that I had even at a very, very young age. And so, obviously, as I got older, I got a little bit—I learned more words, (laughs) for one, and I got a little bit better at kind of putting those words in a format that um, made sense. But even at the age of six, like, I was able to um, express myself, and even in those deep, dark places, I found that writing really helped And I also find that a lot of foster youth have that outlet of creativity, not just poetry, but maybe rap or dance or a lot of different uh, creative outlets I find in, in young people who've experienced trauma. And so at that particular age, at the age of six, I had gone through a very, very tragic situation where my baby brother actually passed away from SIDS and we we're all there, my, and when I say we, I mean myself, my older sister and some cousins and an aunt, my grandmother, and um, and coming back into that place. And, and, you know, when I talk about my poems or when I think about that particular poem that I wrote, it, it brings me back to that emotion that I felt as, as a child. And it's crazy. A lot of poems I don't remember, but that's one of the poems that I remember to this day and I wrote it that long ago. And very simple poem, but basically the way the poem went is, it was a day I'll never forget. It started off like any other. My brother, a beautiful sight, his small brown hands that gripped me tight, his jet black hair as black as night, his eyes glistened like the sun and were just as bright. I remember Lena and Carla as they ran to his crib, Lena with his bottle and Carla his bib, they were ready to spoil him as they always did. Carla lifted him from the bed and she looked at him. His small brown hands were cold with no grip and the color of the ocean matched the color on his lips. His eyes, once like the sun, were now as mysterious as the moon. Will this small cold body return to me soon? The wound of this loss can be bandaged by time, but it will never erase this day from my mind. And, um... Mm.
1: You're you're around six or seven years old. Yeah,
0: yeah, and um, even when I say it now, it's it's very vivid. Like I mean, I still remember, and those words bring that memory back to me, and um, I just think that's amazing. Like I, I think it's amazing how how God did that, and how through our gifts, God allows us to reach a place of healing, and when we walk out our gifts when we fully allow the expression of whatever gift we have and it doesn't have to be poetry or or, um you know we're all create i personally believe we're all creative beings and so i'm not going to say it doesn't have to be creative because i believe we are all creative beings Um, but whatever that gift is i strongly believe that it's it's for us but it's also for others and so letting god just work fully through those gifts is is really powerful
1: Mm -hmm. so you talked about how you had a number of people who poured into your life and encouraged you um can you share about a couple of of those people
0: absolutely and it's funny because even now as i'm older i think about the people in my life and those people who've kind of been consistent and i would definitely say my independent living coordinator eloise mitchell she was just very encouraging to me as a young person who had my first internship at the local department in Georgia. It's uh, the Division of Family and Children's Services, so DFACS. And she, I worked with her for a while, and it was just a, a really cool like, professional relationship. I feel like I learned a lot from her. But then that relationship extended beyond the office. She was the person who encouraged me to write my book of poetry. And she basically, one day she called me and she's like, hey, Crystal, I'm looking for this book of quotes and poems and inspirational things. And I know you like poetry, so do you know of anything? And I'm like, oh, that's funny because I want to write something like that. And um, and." I don't know of anything like that. And she was like, okay, well, send me an invoice. And for me, I'm like, what, 22? Like, I was young, and so I'm like, send you an invoice for what? Like, this book does not exist. Did you not, did you miss the memo? Like, it doesn't exist. And um, so it was fascinating to me that Miss Mitchell believed in something that I didn't even see in myself. Like, I didn't even see or believe or know to believe that I could accomplish that type of goal. And to have someone see gifts in you, to see talent in you, and then be willing to invest in that is very powerful for any young person, regardless if they're in foster care or not. It's it's just powerful to have. And so um, it's just an honor to have that level of support on all those different levels. And I couldn't imagine walking this journey without those connections, regardless of how untraditional they are. I believe it's, a, it's an amazing gift from God.
1: One of the things that uh, we've seen that is true is when a caring adult steps into the life of a of a youth in foster care. They're not just giving them that relationship. It's not just about them giving them that relationship with one person. It's about lending everything that they're connected to to that youth as well. That that now all of the connections they have, all of the people that they know, all of the opportunities, whether it's a a summer job or whether it's, you know, if, you, if you're in the arts, it's a connection to a guy with a recording studio or it's, you know, it's all of those connections that we lend. And I know that you have a passion for stepping into the lives of foster youth at that, that critical teenage age mm-hmm. um, or young adult age. Talk a little bit about uh, that idea of taking what you have and lending it to a youth that might not have those kinds of experiences mm-hmm. and connections.
0: There's a quote that I love, and basically it says that legacy is not what you leave for people. Legacy is what you leave in people. And I think that just being totally committed to investing in people, and specifically young people, because I believe that the enemy has a particular disdain for young people. I think he wants to take out our youth. And and that, that's not new like he's been doing that since Moses since Jesus like he's been trying to take out our young people and so I believe whatever gifts I have when I come into contact with a young person number one I find it a it's a privilege for me to be in their presence and I'm also asking God what is my purpose for being here and so I'm like when they're telling me stuff or if they're asking me questions, I'm like rummaging through my mental inventory to see how I can connect that young person. What do I have that could possibly be of benefit to them? And so I think that we have to be creative as adults and supporters of young people to say, what connections do I have? And how can I use these connections to really support a young person and it's easy to do and so taking those connections and trying to figure out ways that you could lend them to young people is going to help them to connect to the passion that God has placed in their lives and so it's an honor to be able to play that part in a young person's life.
1: Wow, so Diego, you know what Crystal shared about Miss Mitchell. Miss Mitchell,
2: awesome, right? Oh man, she's awesome.
1: You know, Crystal said, it's fascinating to me that Miss Mitchell believed in something that I didn't even see in myself. Mm, wow. And that's what we talked about at the beginning, right, with mm. you and Pops. Right. He saw mm. something in you that you didn't even see in
2: yourself. Sometimes it takes somebody outside of ourselves right. to see what's in us, right? Exactly. And I believe every foster youth need... Uh, Mrs. Mitchell in their life and a Pops in their life, somebody to, to speak into their life, man, to be able to wake up that talent, that sleeping inside of their life, wake up that sleeping giant, you know? And so, uh, and I believe that they all need that and you, you have to have somebody to pull that out of them. Or to stay sleep forever. They never find their gift and talent. You know, this next guest
1: uh, knows a lot about what it means to help young people discover the gift and talent that's inside of them to help them discover their purpose. There's a lot that we can do to help those in foster care do that. I'm here with Tom Lukasik, who works with four kids of South Florida and has been there uh, a number of years. And four kids has done fantastic work Uh, in Florida and uh, in other parts of the country on behalf of kids in foster care. Really, you know, a pioneer in terms of um, gathering churches together and creating movement in the area where they are on behalf of kids in foster care. Tom, thanks so much for joining us.
3: Thanks, Jason. It's an honor and a privilege to be, be here with you today.
1: You uh, have been an advocate. You've worked for uh, four kids, um, but you've also been a foster parent. Uh, Tell us a little bit about some of um, the different experiences that you've had.
3: Wow, there's a lot of different experiences over the years, and many of them have been life changing for my wife, Linda, and I, probably more so than the children that we've served or had the privilege of having in our home. And that's the, the joy that a lot of people don't realize that they can experience in foster care is as, as God can use you, all your faults, all your foibles, and, and still have incredible outcomes just by your willingness to serve and willingness to be that vessel for him.
1: Earlier in this episode, we got a chance, as you know, to talk to Crystal Williams. And one of the things uh, that she talked about was the impact that some adults had in her life just by seeing gifts in her and speaking um, truth into her and and really speaking vision into her for things that she didn't even see herself. And I think a lot of uh, kids that come through foster care, they don't know maybe what to believe about themselves. And I think it's true for all of us, right? Um, We kind of go through life uh, not sure sometimes uh, of what we're good at until somebody sees it in us and tells us.
3: Absolutely. And I'm sure everyone listening now has that person in their life that did speak life into them, that was mm-hmm. a, a good finder and found those attributes and spoke that into their life and that helped them. I, I have somebody in my life, I'm sure everyone else does as well. We've seen many of those things happen right in our own home, as well as many opportunities to see it through the four kids ministry, how God has just brought people together that were just the right connection where the gifts and talents of an adult match the hopes and dreams of a child.
1: Mm. Mm, That's so good. You know, I think uh, for those listening who are, whether they're, you know, foster advocates or whether they are foster parents, I think one of the challenges in all of this, right, is, is being able to focus in on those strengths, right? Because sometimes there are behaviors that come along with those things that make it difficult um, to ignore those things uh, long enough to to notice and affirm the strengths that we see. Uh, What advice would you give to uh, advocates and foster parents, uh, child welfare professionals, who they might be able to think of a, a child right now who they're just having a hard time seeing the strengths through the behaviors that they're experiencing.
3: Yeah, that's that's a hard. It, it is a difficult process to get through because of the what is happening right in front of your eyes that it's hard to believe the best. But that's the phrase I use a lot is believe the best and also be a good finder. And when you think of what this child has been through and most kids coming through foster care have been through uh, abuse, of black, uh, abuse, neglect, or abandonment at the least, and some much worse. And you think of what they've had to do to get attention, it's usually a negative behavior. So that's just what they've learned of how to get an adult's attention is by doing something inappropriate. So they're not doing it because they're trying to be bad. They're doing it because it's it's learned behavior. So we've got to help them get past that. And that's where we have to be that good finder. And, and sometimes I've used the phrase. Um, it's kind of strange but we we talk, we tell people to look for approximations of good behavior so that might not be that <laughs> i like that yeah it might not be that they did a great job of um sitting at the table and putting their napkin on their lap and saying grace as soon as they sat down but but this time they may have sat down and didn't just start sticking their hand in the plate and eating but actually used a fork (laughs) and that's that's a step in the right direction compared to where they may have been before so those are the things we praise and then be specific about that that hey when you use your fork it's more likely you're not going to have as much food on your lap as in your mouth or whatever it might be but find a way to to keep it light and, and again, praise the specific good behavior that you see them doing. And then it, it can grow and you can build on that and build on that and build on that. And and so that's one way when, a, when that child's in your home and they're doing something that is not necessarily always the best. Hope that makes sense.
1: It makes total sense. I love that phrase, approximation of good behavior. I mean, who among us doesn't need people in our lives who are willing to, uh, to see. just acknowledge some approximation of good behavior. <laughs> not, just, <laughs> not just perfection. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Well, uh, one of the things that we talked about with Crystal, Tom, is um, this idea that when we pour into the lives of young people, um, we're not just giving them ourselves. We're giving them all of the connections and all of the... Um, the resources uh, that we have, we're lending those to them. Uh, So, you know, if you have a a kid that has a particular gift or skill in a certain area, uh, sometimes we have relationships with other people that we can lend to that young person that can help uh, that gift or skill along a little
3: bit. Uh, Do you have any examples where you've seen uh, that happen? Yeah, absolutely. And that's such an important thing to remember for all of us because none of us have all the answers none of us have all the uh, the gifts and talents that we wish we did but together we make up the body and the, the body has a lot of different gifts and talents among us so one thing that i remember is uh, a young man again he happened to come into our our independent living program our spirit of success institute and he was you, you could just tell right away that he was gifted in technology he just you know, if somebody had a problem with their computer he could figure it out their phone he could figure it out whatever it was uh, this guy just knew how to fix things and none of us had the connection but we knew somebody else who was working at a uh, a program that did the troubleshooting and uh, when you get you get to call in and something's wrong so anyway they introduced him to the guy who was overseeing this company, and he got hired right away. Um, well, no, I'm sorry, let me back up. They wanted to hire him right away, but he did have to pass some specific courses to get there. So he got into those courses, got through them pretty quick, and to advance, he actually needed to do, do an internship. So somebody else introduced him to an attorney friend who was looking for someone to help out in their IT program, and they allowed him to come in as an intern to help with the uh, law firms, all their computers. Long story short on that, he ended up, now he is the head of IT for that law firm. Because somebody gave him a chance and somebody saw his skills and somebody said, try this, then try this. And then by that third connection, now he's got this full time job where he's just thriving in that work. But it wasn't the first person that saw the the, the gift, but it was that person who introduced him to the next person at the school and the next person at the law firm. And then finally, the person that actually hired them at the law firm hired him.
1: That's amazing. That is yep. fantastic. You know, I, I think sometimes we uh, look at ourselves and we don't see, maybe we think, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I really have anything to offer this particular kid with this particular gift or talent. Um, but maybe the question we need to be asking is, but who do I know that does? Like, who in my network can can help this kiddo? And and that's a great uh, solution, not just for that child, but also for that friend of yours. Because I think <clears throat> so many uh, people would be willing uh, to help kids in foster care, they've just never been presented with a specific opportunity. Most of the times they've been asked, it's been a general, you know, ask to an entire crowd of people, hey, would you be willing to do something for someone? But it's a much different thing when you're approached very specifically and challenged to uh, respond to a need that's right in front of you. And that need has a name, Um, And so I think that's an incredible opportunity for us to engage others in our network in foster care.
3: Yeah, I I totally agree. And the 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 gift for us, or the opportunity for us, or what can we do is make sure that we are always looking outside of ourselves, and that's hard to do for us sometimes. We we want to be if we're in this field, we're in this work. We usually want to be the fixer. We want to be the person that can. Handle everything, but I think the the more we learn that it's not just about us and it's about everybody involved. And then when that person does be able to become, say, the fixer for that child, you're right. It just builds them to a point of, oh my gosh, is this I I got to help. How can I do more? And then they they continue to advocate, and then they find other people that can advocate, and little by little, we're creating a movement that is changing lives, not just a life, uh, and that movement can. <laughs> can be the difference maker in your community in your church uh, in your city in your state and, and hopefully someday across the country
1: Amen Amen that's said so well Tom thank you so much for uh, taking the time I love what you said at the beginning of our time together uh, today you said you um, you know, we need to look for opportunities to match the gifts and talents of adults with the hopes and dreams of a child. And uh, so grateful for what you do uh, to do that at Four Kids and um, I'm grateful for you taking the time to talk today. Thanks so much. I appreciate
3: you too, Jason. Thanks for fighting the good fight. We'll continue to fight until there's more than enough. Amen.
1: Amen. Man, Diego, I've loved this episode because uh, I just love the idea of helping young people find that thing that they're already good at. They just don't know it yet.
2: Exactly, exactly.
1: What a powerful opportunity uh, we have. And then the blessing we get of watching that gift Oh, yeah. Flourish Most and, you,
2: you, and bless other you, people. You get artists like Crystal Williams, artists like Diego Fuller, yours truly. <laughs> I mean, when you when you actually wake up that gift that's on the inside of people, and you pull it out. And it's not only that, man. They're changing lives around the world also. Well, we want to thank
1: uh, our guests today. And we want to thank you for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. Do us a huge favor. Leave us a review on iTunes. Come find us on Facebook at the Foster Movement Podcast page. And, uh, you know, we're going to do something a little bit different today. Uh, Diego, you have made a generous offer. Yes. Why don't you tell the people about yeah. the offer?
2: Yes. Yeah. So for those who like our page and share this episode, you will be entered into a chance to win a copy of my uh, album called "Word of State and also a t- uh, T-shirt. And so make sure you like our page, share this episode, and you'll be entered into a chance to win that's a good offer, man. Can I win? Um, you cannot win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but if you like the page and share the, share the episode, you can win. Oh,
1: okay. All right. All right. All right. Well,
2: thank you, Diego.
1: That's awesome. Yes. And one of the things we wanted to let everyone know about is uh, there are some of you who are thinking about starting on the foster care journey. You've considered doing foster care, or maybe you're already in the process, or maybe you've You've started foster care, but you could use some encouragement uh, along the way. We've created a whole set of uh, of emails that you can begin getting. They're great. Uh, links to videos, uh, links to blog posts, just encouragement um, that we'll send you uh, every five days or so. And to get on that list, to begin getting that weekly encouragement, all you have to do is get out your phone and text the word journey, J-O-U-R-N-E-Y, to the number 444-999. So get out your phone, text the word journey to 444-999, and you'll be added to that list. You'll begin to get encouragement. We just want to be here to encourage you along the way. Well, if you're interested in looking at today's show notes, you can do that at uh, fostermovementpodcast.org. Check it out. And we are so grateful for you. We're grateful for everything that you do to speak up for kids and families in foster care. We're here to help you do that until there's more than enough. Have a blessed day.
3: This has been the Foster Movement
0: Podcast. Join Jason Weber and Diego Fuller next time as they and their guests help you work with others to provide more than enough for kids and families in
2: foster care where you live. Hey, this is Jason and Diego again. Yes, and we're still here because there's a couple of things that we want you guys to know.
1: That's right. First of all, be sure to download the free PDF we created, especially
2: for listeners of this podcast. It's called Key Things Former Foster Youth Want You to Understand About Caring for Current Foster Youth. This thing is beautiful and full of wisdom and insight from those who've been there. And I'm telling you, you need to print these babies out and give them to foster parents and applicants you work with because these things are amazing.
1: Just go to more ORG backslash free download. That's more than enough together dot org backslash free download.
2: Also, as you know, The Foster Movement Podcast is a limited series of just 18 episodes. But listen, it's okay. Don't be sad. Here's why. Because there's more where that came from. Tell them, Jay. That's
1: right. More Than Enough has produced a whole family of podcasts, one of which is called The More Than Enough Podcast.
2: So to learn more, go to morethanenoughtogether.org and click on the podcast link at the top of the homepage, and they are all there.
1: Hey, and one last thing. Thank you for listening. It's a privilege to be a part of your journey. Our team is here to help you work with others in your community to provide for children and families before, during, and beyond foster care until there's more than enough.